0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thoughts on Purpose podcast. My name is Nash Mackey, and it is an absolute privilege to have your company on today's episode, as it is always. Guys, just so you get the most out of this episode, I strongly encourage you to take some great notes. If you can't do it right now, make sure you do it later. But take some notes on what you're going to learn in this interview and make sure you apply it because. It's one thing to learn something, it's a whole other thing to apply it. When you apply, that's how you retain the information. That's what I want for you. I want this information to sincerely add value in your life. So make sure you apply what you learn. Also share what you learn with other people. Again, it helps you retain the information on a deeper level. Share this interview out with the people you care about and so you get to have an impact in other people's lives as well. Speaking of being an action taker, guys, if you haven't already, head over to IamNashMackie.com, subscribe, that way you get the opportunity to send your questions in when I interview amazing guests like today's guest, and uh, you get to have your questions answered. And while you're there on my website, guys, be sure to book a free 30-minute one-on-one strategy call with me so you and me get the opportunity to deep dive on crafting a super powerful identity for yourself because ultimately... We never rise above the level of our identity, guys, our self-belief, uh, who we believe we are, what we believe we are capable of. So guys, do yourself a huge favor, head up to imnashmackie.com and subscribe and book in a one-on-one free strategy call. My gift to you guys. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's interview. What I really admire about you, mate, is how you've been able to use such difficulty from your past actually go out and have such a positive impact in the lives of so many people. So you have an incredible story, and I'd just love for you to share with us a little bit about the journey you've been on. So.
1: Yeah, well, great to be here, and uh, life has certainly uh, changed a lot over the last uh, six years, mm-hmm. uh, well, five more so since actually working and you know jumping headfirst into this space. I was a glazier by trade six years mm-hmm. ago. I was working as a um, as a glazier. I did a four-year apprenticeship. and. Glazed for about seven and a half years, and I didn't like it. Um, You know, I I love my boss and his wife, and um, they were and still are really good friends and and mentors of mine. I love my colleagues, you know, we all played footy and had a lot of stuff in common, but um, glazing wasn't for me. I mean, I was good at it, and Mm -hmm. I certainly learnt a lot of um, communication and organisational skills that I've carried into what I'm doing now, but... I didn't like it, you know. Like glazing, you know, was I dread it, you know. I'd work eight to four. I'd oh, think, right. one of the yeah, drive home and think, <laughs> oh god, I have to go back again tomorrow. Yep. Um, so I think that sums up that I just didn't have any real direction or, or purpose in life, if yes. you like. And yes. you know, I was one of those people that um, struggled to ever sit down and think, you know, let's make life more meaningful and mm-hmm. fine. I just was happy to go with the flow and play sport and drink beers on the weekend and yep. muck around with my mates and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and mm-hmm. things like that. But Um, at the start of 2013, uh, I, I recall my last week on my holidays was, uh, pretty much just worrying about going back to work. I always used to take a break over Christmas and my biggest trouble in life was just thinking, can't believe I have to go back to work. Wow. Um, isolated myself a lot in my room, you know, didn't get out and enjoy life like I usually would have, just purely in a bad mindset of worrying about work. Interesting. Um, but I went off on the 13th, uh, 14th of Jan, 2013, went off to work, had a normal day back at work and then, um. Sadly, that night got the call that uh, my little brother Ty had taken his own life and wow. um, certainly changed life um, for all the wrong reasons to start with. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're impacted by suicide, we didn't really know uh, anyone close that had been impacted, mm-hmm. so we didn't know how it would make us feel and it yeah. certainly turned worlds upside down and um, affected a lot of relationships, still has, still does, still will forever. Mm-hmm. Um Ty was my best mate, someone who I loved the most, someone who I spent more time with than a lot of other people, and wow. uh, losing him was clearly tragic and um, was a really difficult time for all of us. But, you know, after a while, we we started to drop our ignorance and realised that um, Ty actually wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people were asking us in those next few weeks and months, was he struggling? Did you see he was battling? And we'd say no. We, yeah. You know, he was happy, he was 18, he'd smile, he'd laugh, no reason to believe he was struggling, but... You know, After a while, we realised what mental health is, what depression is, and yes. looking back, we, we soon realised that he was struggling. Um, wow. A lot of grief went on, and jumped forward. I started a car sticker to create a bit of awareness, pay tribute to my little brother, the Stay Chatty sticker, yep. um, moved forward five years. I've now worked full-time in this space now, as a, a really positive advocate for, the, for it in the space. Mm-hmm. Tassie, um, Stay Chatty is a really well-known organisation yep. uh, in Tasmania. Awareness programs, all those sorts of things, so um, yeah, from a really tragic event, uh, I found purpose, uh, yeah. which is yeah. something I like to portray to others to so, you know you don't have to lose someone in life to find your purpose, but yeah. you know get off your ass a bit earlier and That's get cool. out there and I, I should have known I was good at public speaking, I was yeah. good at yeah. networking and all those things so yeah. if I'd found that earlier, I could have been out doing something much more positive than what uh, my glazing was bringing me every day. Wow
0: It's incredible the way you've been able to. ...to transition from that and actually go out... ...because people can go one of two ways... ...like even after something like that... ...it can be the, the, the thing that actually causes them to go the other way as well... ...and yeah. I've definitely seen that as well... ...so mate, full, full power to you for everything you've done... ...it's easy to look at where you are now mate... ...and you know, all you've accomplished... ...but if you can, for anyone out there... ...who's actually going through a really difficult time in their life right now... ...can you share with us some advice... Uh, around what you actually did in those early days to start transitioning on from that time. Like, those early days are so crucial, mm. you know? So do you have any, uh, like, advice or uh, can you fill us in on what you actually did personally to transition and start picking yourself back up? Because that's the most difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, there's a. have learned that there's a difference between, um, you know, depression and anxiety and ill mental health and grief. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're two different things. You don't see that at the time. You feel sad, and you, you know, you feel miserable and irritable. And straight away, you could think, "Well, I've got ill mental health issues." Yep. But um, you know, that wasn't the case for me. I certainly felt grief really strongly, and um, a lot of guilt. You know, guilt is an emotion you feel when you're touched by suicide. I, yes. I certainly portray now to everyone that it's never anyone else's fault when somebody takes their oh, own life. So. But yeah. um, impacted directly, it's really hard to cop that at the start. People yeah. telling me, "You know, this isn't your fault," but. Yeah, right, he was my brother, he was someone who I, I loved and he loved me, I should have been there for him. Yes. Um, so it was it was really difficult and a, a lot of dark days and a lot of sad days, but, you know, my advice, you know, there's two, two ends of the scale for that, you know, if someone out there is struggling with ill mental health, yep. um, you know, one of the biggest things we... We, we mention at our organisation what I'm really passionate about is to have conversations and know, conversations matter and yeah. each day we're going to wake up feeling different and we travel up and down the spectrum of, of positive and good and bad mental, mental health. Yes. Um, but I always urge people, you know, when you're having that rough and that off day to fight through it and have a chat with someone. Mm. Um, mm. It will absolutely benefit you and it will benefit the mental health of the person that you engage with. Yeah, Uh, All I can do, though, is talk about my, you know, grief and and sadness and how I got through that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just Mm -hmm. surrounded myself with people, you know. I I, I went and mum organised me to go and see a counsellor. I did it once. Um, It was good. The guy was great. But Mm -hmm. what I found after that more beneficial was to just talk to my friends and and my partner and my family. You know, they knew my little brother. Um, They understood the pain I was experiencing. Um, But definitely to talk. I mean, you're right. You said it a moment ago. I could have just... Lock myself away in my room and yeah. and push people away and but only all that would have done was push me south. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that by surrounding myself with the people I love and trying to be remain as positive as possible allowed me to to find the strength to you know get off my bum and eventually six months later um, turn it around to be the positive that it is today. Mm-hmm. Six months that was a that was a quick spring back. Yeah, well it was it was about six months after we lost him when I just started the car sticker the wow. Speak Up Stage Chatty yeah. sticker thinking you know, we could just pop this on cars, you know, pay tribute mm-hmm. to my little brother. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the, the main reason for it wasn't really to create awareness to mental health. I knew that it would, mm-hmm. but the main reason was to just, you know, for us to, as a family to see it, crack a smile, have a laugh, you know, think wow. of Ty as a, as a happy guy. And, yeah. uh, but it just grew from there, you know. The the awareness grew, my passion grew. Mm-hmm. Um, random people saying, you know, this awareness that you're creating is helping us, you know, wow, it's helped us, it's help. you know, yeah. uh, reminded us that it's, important to have conversations yeah. with our family so that obviously makes you really passionate when you see that you're getting some results and of that, um, people are making a difference to their lives
0: because yeah. of you yeah that's excellent and so talk me through well just going back to what you said first so the, the key point i got there was surround yourself with the right people yeah and be open to have the conversations yeah is that essentially it in a nutshell like
1: yeah pretty much and uh being open to conversations as i said you know it's so the two really important things when having conversations are being able to open up, honestly, but also to listen as well. And um, I was really lucky that um, my friends and my family were obviously experiencing the pain as well, but they realised the importance of of listening as well and Mm -hmm. not always just getting off our chest. You know, we as humans, if someone comes to us with some troubles, we will quite often... um, compare them to our own issues yes. and we will, uh, oh, that's no good. Yeah, I went through that yeah, as well some yeah. time ago. That is not the right way to treat mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, by all means, after you've had that chat with someone, go and find someone else that you can vent to. But if someone ever comes to you with some troubles, it's so important just to focus on their mm-hmm. troubles and not to you know, compare them to yours or give them your five cents of your troubles, yeah. just to sit and listen. And for me, yeah, I was I picked the right people who I spoke with. People mm-hmm. understood that I just needed to probably just to, to cry or to tell yeah. t- tell stories about my brother, to talk about the guilt I was feeling. And, yes. you know, getting it out of my system
0: is what yeah. helped me sleep better at yeah. night. Yeah, that's so powerful. And you, on, on that topic of guilt, because you like you said, that's a big thing around, you know, or can be a big thing around this, these sort of situations. How do you actually manage the guilt?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky one. Mm. And I wouldn't honest, I can honestly hand on heart say that... Um, even five nearly six years on, I still feel an element of guilt okay, um, yeah. i 'll never be a hundred percent hands free. Mm-hmm. My little brother took his life, and that is absolutely nothing to do with me or I couldn't i mean I know i could have um, I strongly feel that if I knew what I know about mental health now, yes. if I went back to those there were moments in the last couple of weeks where i I saw him not okay and, um, mm-hmm. and he wasn 't himself, but mm-hmm. I was ignorant i didn 't know, so I left it there and i didn 't act on that but okay. I strongly feel if I would you know, I was seven, eight years older than him, yeah. you know, I should have known better. I should have known how um, crucial conversations were and how prevalent yeah. mental health issues were yeah. among people his age. Yeah. So I strongly feel that if I'd acted on those and if I'd had a conversation with him, um, he would still be here today. And yeah. I like, you know, he'd be a 23 year old getting around talking about how five years ago he went through a difficult time, but he mm-hmm. told his brother and now things are better. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> yeah, it's um. It's a, re- it's a really hard one. I'll, yeah, as I say, never feel guilt-free. And I know that anyone touched by suicide um, won't feel guilt-free. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, on, yeah. at the start of my PowerPoint, mental health is everyone's business. We all, yeah. we all have a role to play. We've all got to um, play a small part in a, in a really big problem
0: to, yeah. to get better results. I love that, man. Mm-hmm. And, I, but I guess going back to that, the, you don't know what you don't know. No, no, that's right. And, you know, if you've never experienced something like this, if you've had you know, no reference around it, then it's it's not even in your awareness. No,
1: no, that's right. And and I'm not telling people, but, you know, I was 25 and completely ignorant. Yeah. You know, like, I, I look at stats now, 16 to 24, you know, yeah. huge issues with mental health and yeah. suicide and anxiety and depression with young people. Uh, I should have known that, you mm. know, and, and, I mean, that's what I should have known. No one told me. Um, but now I like to think that I'm the person out there telling people, yeah. you know, those... People that are 18, 19, 20 to 25 now who have got younger siblings, mm-hmm. younger brothers, younger sisters, mm-hmm. telling them now through their workplace or their school that, yeah. hey, this is what happened to me, yeah. I don't want it to happen to you, mm-hmm. so just be conscious of it. You know, yeah. I don't expect people to, if their child or their brother or sister doesn't join them for dinner to go and bunk up and sleep next to them for the next week yeah. until they tell <laughs> them what's wrong. But yes, yes. we need to just have, even if it's 1% more conscious yeah. of it or conscious oh, yeah. of the yeah. fact that um, these issues are prevalent yeah. and we need to make a difference. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, the person these days that I didn't see when yeah. I was growing up and I love so that. um, that's hopefully powerful for some
0: people no, Absolutely, I, I find it incredibly <clears> inspiring, mate. Thank um, you. I remember, you know, I've been a tradie myself for a lot of my life and I used to drive behind utes and I'd see the sticker on it and it always intrigued me and I always used to want to find out more about it. And before I was a trader, I worked in hospitals and, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of people at the, you know, who had attempted to take their lives and it always got my mind uh, wondering, like, what would drive people to do that? You know, how do people get to that place? Mm. And uh, I saw your sticker and uh, at first I didn't know what it was about. asked a few people and they told me and it always just, I was so inspired by it and drawn to it. And uh, it's just so fantastic to have you here now and be having this conversation. So, yeah, tell us a bit about the incredible impact you've been able to have. Was yeah, well, it's a, it's a really hard one to measure.
1: Mm. Um the success, I mean, I put the success down to, you know, that daily, every couple of days, weekly, you know, there's organisations all across Tassie and even um, F45 in Kensington, Melbourne at the moment mm. heard about us and a fundraising, uh, raising money for a marathon they're running wow. on Sunday. Um, more presentation requests are coming through to travel and get out of Tassie and do things because they're seeing the difference that we're making here. Yes. Um, I mean, we evaluate our school program and our sport program really heavily and the yep. results coming back from that are fantastic. That. You know, kids, are, <clears throat> young students are feeling more comfortable to talk about their emotions post our session. Yes. They feel more comfortable or they know there's greater help out there. Mm-hmm. They feel more equipped with the tools to find that help. Yes. Um, and thirdly, the other big result we're getting is, you know, they feel more comfortable to help a friend, which is really yeah, important because that terrible. stigma is a big player in stopping young people in particular to see a friend struggling and think, oh, I'll ask them, are they okay? Mm-hmm. Because rather than look at them and judge them and think that they're yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so those results are great, and obviously, you know, the Education Department have seen that funding us recently for a uh, million dollars over the next four oh, years for congratulations that. Congratulations, so Thank you for that oh, wow, um, wow. school program. For me, though, I think it's the... Um, and I get asked that question a lot, you know, how yeah. do you know you're having an impact? We, yeah. we receive a lot of messages or, you know, people in the street, um, you know... Um, People will call uh, and say that you know this logo, this organization has saved their life or saved a family member 's life mm-hmm. uh, and that for me is really powerful and um, we don 't always share those things sometimes people are happy for us to, to share those through our social media and whatever to ha- show the impact that we 're having. but uh, I know that that goes on a lot, and hand on heart know that we get a lot of that feedback and Wow, um, I know we 're not going to save everybody of uh, course, I yeah. absolutely know that you know yeah. every mental health issue is different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's a it's a really big, broad, troubling problem that we've got. But um, I like to think that we're impacting uh, in a big way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said about the tradies, you know, when I was a tradie, and I'm sure when you when you were younger, being working in that industry, no one came in to talk about mental health. And, oh. and us blokes struggle to talk. Mm. <clears throat> we talk mm. about impact. You see a lot of tradie cars these days getting around with the sticker on yeah, the back and yeah, you know years ago you wouldn't have seen that happening you know mm-hmm. um so there's big there's big impact that we're having um like to think we're still having and, and obviously we'll have
0: moving forward yeah <clears throat> absolutely mate when is it time for people to actually speak up yeah um so one of the powerpoints i have uh
1: towards the end of, i share my story and then talk mm-hmm. about you know what is mental health and yeah. I put up the signs and symptoms of depression, you know, depression, sad, low mood, you yeah. know, isolating yourself, and then uh-huh. anxiety, racing heart, feeling sick, the yes. physical signs. Yes. Um, and I put them up there to normalise them and to show people that, you know, I don't ask but I say to everyone in the room. You know, if I asked everyone today to put their hand up if they've experienced some of those signs and symptoms of mm-hmm. depression, anxiety in the last couple of weeks, we nearly all put our hand Absolutely. up. Absolutely. You know, we're humans. We're not born to not experience those. Absolutely. And, you know, as you know, experiencing those builds resilience you know keeps us sharp for the next mm-hmm. time when we get through a difficult time we're bigger and better for the yes, next one yes. but what we say is if you're experiencing those signs and symptoms of depression anxiety for around two weeks that's the time frame to stop dealing with them on your own Okay. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: you know like I sit and get anxiety, a little bit of anxiety before I get up to present to yeah. 100 people yeah, yeah, but sure. as soon as I'm done it goes away cool. you know if I packed up and walked out and got in my car and I still felt anxious and then yeah got to the office or went to a meeting and still felt anxious and couldn't sleep that night, yeah. I'd need to realise, I need to monitor that and it's time mm-hmm. to share it with someone, You know, whether that's a GP or a, a service provider or a mm-hmm. good friend. Mm-hmm. So two weeks is a time frame for people to stop feeling low mood okay. on their own. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard someone say the other day, that doesn't mean if you felt it for three days, look at your watch and go, oh, I've still got 11 days Absolutely. until I have to <laughs> tell someone. But, yeah. I mean, and that's easier said than done too, two weeks. But mm-hmm. I like to think that our organisation is creating conversations from a young age. Yeah. And so if we do that, less people will get to 30 years of age and then experience signs, experience signs for two weeks, struggle, yeah. need yeah. medication. The the younger we are, the more we build resilience, build and normalise it's okay to talk. Mm-hmm. As we get older, less of us, I honestly believe, will feel like we're struggling and going Absolutely. through a difficult time Because we're just... Quite simply, having open conversations with our friends and our family 24-7. Yes,
0: very powerful. I love that. And I I, I can totally, like, I'm just going to back that up and say that, you know, we never just arrive at a particular outcome in life, do we? No. And so everything we achieve or experience is like a combination of so many little decisions, so many little um, choices we've made. Yeah. Above and beyond just speaking up what else can people do, say, in their home environment or their work environment? What else can people do and put in place to stack things in their favour so they don't find that they're going uh, down that yeah. spiral?
1: Yeah. Um, I think being connected is really important. Yep. Um, for young people growing up, but for older people as well, you know, um, sadly there's some, uh, there's a lot of mental health issues and suicide and rural signs and symptoms for a longer period of time. So yep. speaking up is great, but I, th- I feel yep. that... The more we can play sport, you know, keep physically active, um, mm. but stay connected, stay yeah. having those, goes back to those conversations. Yeah. You know, you're not going to walk into a, a community group and sit there on your own, there'll be people who will come up and talk to you and, and you'll open up to them yeah. and, and share life and, and talk
0: okay. about things. So, yeah, speak, but stay connected, mm. being connected, really important. I love it. I love yeah. it, man. So, and now this question might sort of touch on what you've already covered, but... What are the real warning signs people need to look out for? So for really to pinpoint some warning signs that someone, you know, might be at a very kind of uh, like pivotal point in their life? Uh, what are some signs and let's kind of put an example out there. Say for a parent who's got a teenager who's usually moody, yeah. How would that parent actually know when to do something above and beyond and, and really intervene? Yeah. Uh, again, a really
1: complex and every every mm. um, every instance is different when it cool. comes to spotting the signs. Yeah. Um, a bit about mine, like, I mean, my story, well, what you just said then, if, if there's a child that's moody and, you know, they're probably down a lot and, you know, yeah. parents are asking them, it's the second most commonly asked question, you know, how do you make someone open up? You yeah. know, there's no a pill, pill is, yet that we yes. can give people, we can't so tie right. them to chairs and problem with sticks to, to open up but persistence has to be the key um, yes yes. being persistent with a young person or any person about mm-hmm. you know telling them direct you know I've noticed you're struggling you know mm-hmm. I can see that things aren't okay I saw you did that I saw you did this um, you know open up and tell me so persistence is the, the key but um, you know my little brother was a happy go lucky guy who yep. you know, smiled and I put a photo up of him now as part of my powerpoint to say you know like people hide behind smiles and mm-hmm. we have to always look out for that mm-hmm. One percenters for me when I played footy was tackle, shepherd, do all those things for your teammates. I don't play footy anymore, but one percenters for me now are looking out for those small changes in those around us. You know, did they walk in without a coffee of a morning when they usually would always have one or make Mm. one straight away? Mm -hmm. Um, Were they late? Were they super early when they're normally late? Um, All those things. But it's not always looking out for the low mood and someone depressed or ill mental health. Sometimes people can be low mood, depressed, and all of a sudden be up and about, be friendly, Mm -hmm. making plans for things, um, being really happy all of a sudden. So that's what makes it really complex, that it's not always a sad, low mood, um, keeping to themselves. It can all of a sudden be the opposite, Mm -hmm. and that's what we need to keep out for. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it comes back to staying connected and having open conversations, because the more we do that, the more we have the opportunity to notice signs, notice changes. Um, But, yeah, I can't stress enough, it's very different. For anyone that listens, I mean, that's why it's so important to know someone, isn't it? Yeah. To get to know them on all these different levels. Absolutely. um, And to not not just work with someone or play sport with someone to think, I'll just see them on Saturday when we play or Tuesday, Wednesday when we train. Mm -hmm. Have Mm -hmm. coffees with them. You know, communicate during the week. Get to know them. Yeah. yeah. Because
0: um, it creates a really big tool and a powerful tool for you Mm -hmm. to ever ask them
1: or ever notice when they're not
0: okay. Yeah, so you're, like, I guess the work you're doing Above and beyond just you know suicide prevention is actually creating greater community with people and greater connection with people, yeah, because there's a lot of surface level kind of chatter that happens, yeah, yeah, you you really see it, especially as you start to kind of develop and work on yourself, yeah and and it's amazing how shallow conversations can be, yeah yeah, definitely. and like even down to like in at a checkout, you yeah. know people don't even ask, and I, I watch people ahead of me, they won't even ask the person how their days is before. yeah, it's just you know yeah. It's crazy and I mean in our school program
1: when we talk about helping a friend, I say to the students, you know, from the time you wake up, you know, have a bit of breaky, you get the bus in, parents mm. drop you off, however you get to school, in the first hour you're walking around, finding out what class you got, chatting to your mates, said, how many times do we say to someone, hey, how are you going? And they go, yeah, good, how are you? And you go, yeah, good, thanks. And then you walk off and don't see them for the rest of yeah, the day. Yeah. Everyone throws a hand up. We've all had that chat. Mm. But then when I ask, how many times did you a answer honestly? or be actually listen yeah. to how that person answered,
0: yeah.
1: not many hands go up. Um, and that's really powerful, and that's mm. all about, again, con- connection mm-hmm. and having those open and honest conversations because most of the time people are just going to say, yeah, good. Um, that's it. But if you actually said, you know what? I had the worst night ever, and then you stopped in your life for two minutes just to sit and hear why they had their worst night ever, mm-hmm. could be the difference, and that could be how they unpack it, and then they have a much brighter day. Mm. So... Helping a friend isn't just sitting down with them for half an hour, um, listening to all their problems or locking them down, saying, what's going on? I've noticed you're different. It's every day. And as he said, those, having those small moments and just that extra 1%, that extra two seconds mm. to just actually, hang on, he was just off when he said, I'm okay then. Yeah. I'm going to follow up and, and oh. find out what's actually going on. So wow. very complex, uh, very, very complex. Very but powerful. Very powerful, yeah. If we if we take the time and it gets absorbed in to actually follow
0: those small tips, I think it can make a difference. Absolutely, absolutely. And do you find one of the keys is to actually open up yourself first? Is that a big part of it? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, like your guards down.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when I I don't run the sessions as much anymore. We have a video on my lived experience that yeah. um Julia and Kat who run the program play at the start to you know show why not just myself, but those guys are passionate about mental health. But I still run sessions now and then, and I'll stand up in front of the 30 kids and say, an hour and a half on mental health, guys. I bet we're all rippingly excited. They'll have a bit of a laugh and then say, look, I know you've probably heard of this logo. You've seen a little bit about it. Uh, But then I say to them, when I was your age, no one ever talked to me about this. And then when I left school... Six, seven, eight years later, my little brother took his life because I just didn't give a shit about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that to them and you see them go, yeah, okay, I'm going to listen, you know. And so I make myself vulnerable and then I share my story and tell them all these things about how I wish I'd done differently and Mm -hmm. I think that, um, yeah, I think the power of lived experience connects through, Um, you know, again, the feedback forms are, you know, Mitch's story was powerful, made me open up my eyes. So the next half of the session where we do helping a friend talk about resilience and Mm -hmm. staying connected... Mm -hmm. They absorb it in, I feel, even if it's just that little bit more because they've seen someone in front of them say, I didn't, and this is sadly what happened
0: to me. Wow. Yeah. Speak to that word, like you said, resilience then. Yeah. That's something I'm I'm a huge fan of. Like, what's your your take on being resilient?
1: Um, I think it gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I think being... Staying emotional with yourself, I think, builds resilience. You know, mm-hmm. being okay to open up and to tell someone yeah. things aren't okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I do that a bit yeah. on my socials. You know, we've had a lot going on with work and some changes and all positive, but yeah. high stress. And then yes. um, this end of the year is big. There's OK Day, Mental Health Week, World Suicide Prevention Day. There's a lot mm-hmm. of big events on. So, obviously, our organisation is in demand. And, you know, I opened up on my socials the other week to say I you know, broke down a little bit out a little bit after a talk and yeah. realised that, you know, things weren't okay for me. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that being able to do that and show emotion, um, yes, people write on there and show support and that's yeah. amazing. And yeah. um, that was really brilliant. But I think to lead by example as well, but yeah. to show people it's all right to show your emotions. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I let it all yeah. out and I honestly woke up the next day and felt a bit better about amazing. myself. Yeah. Therefore, I feel it made me a bit more of a resilient person. Yeah. Um, yeah, it gets thrown around a lot, and there's a lot of things that make it up. But I think emotion, and then I know I say it a lot, but connectedness. I'm yeah. always, I'm always on the phone, you know, hands free on the way down here this morning. You know, m- my best mate and I speak every morning. He's in Excellent. Melbourne. Quick five minutes. How are you, mate? What happened last night? Tell each other if yes. something crap has happened. Yeah. Quick chat about it. Digress. Move on. Um, wow. I stay connected as much as possible, and I think that definitely makes me a
0: more resilient person. Mm such a strength yeah. such a strength yeah. and uh, people see it especially a lot of men I want to say they yeah. see that as, as a weakness Yeah, not able to have those deep chats but we all need them man. Like yeah. 100% 100%, 100% yeah. um, so for anyone who's watching this and they're actually struggling with the idea of using challenge from their past to actually go out and do more and be more in the world do you have any tips around how they can adjust their mentality like how did you uh, kind of what was the, the the thinking you were going through to actually say, okay, I'm going to use this as opposed to let it crush me? Yeah, um,
1: for me, I when I started, and I remember the the selling of stickers through like a Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, you know, selling stickers and opening a bank account, and I think the self, uh, the the feeling of achievement was what drove me. Like I, you know, obviously I knew that I wasn't doing this for the benefit of myself because it wasn't going to bring my little brother back yes but i think just those you know i remember staying up one two three in the morning with my stepmom you know counting out stickers wow putting them in envelopes, the writing on it you wow. know sending them out creating spreadsheets you know i'd never done any of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff mm-hmm. but the the sense of achievement i felt from that just grew and grew and um i'd never felt that before you know i'd go to work and put windows in and you know, you put a nice splash back in and it'd look good, but then the next day, you know, you'd have another five to go put in. as right, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, as I said, I absolutely admire people that run businesses, and but I was never going to run my own business, so for me it was a dead end. You yes. know, I'd put a shower yeah. screen in, but I'd have another three to put in tomorrow yeah, and, wow. and yeah. three the next day. Yeah. Um, so the sense of achievement I felt with, you know, just simply putting a, a sticker out there, being able to come up with fresh ideas to, to write on the Facebook page, mm. um, it gave me a real sense of achievement and I didn't leave it at that, you know, it sort of it came and it felt strong but I wanted it to feel stronger and mm-hmm. so I started to network and get out there and, and then when I realised it was something special that we'd created and it was getting traction and people were, yeah. were giving us positive feedback, I wanted to go to another level, you yeah, know, exactly. and public speaking, can I do public speaking? I did a bit of drama. No, I couldn't, but yeah. I put myself out there and I did it and got good feedback mm-hmm. again and then the networking. and So I think, yeah, if you if you get a sense of achievement um, even in the smallest amount, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got an idea and you get out there one day and you have a chat with someone and they say, that's a great idea, why don't you do this? And that feels good to know that you're on the right track. Wake up and go again and keep yeah. um, coming up with new ideas and yeah. and, and networking and, and listening to what other people have to say. Mm-hmm. I've never... I'm never um, pig-headed or think that my my way is the absolute right way. I will yeah. absolutely absorb in information that comes from other people before I make decisions, and I think that that's really important. And mm-hmm. um, I'm seen as a leader in this space, if yep, you like. Absolutely. Sometimes it doesn't sit that comfortable with me, but I think I'm a leader, but I'll absolutely the people around me are what's helped us get today mm-hmm. because they have um, their input and their decision-making along with mine is, is what shaped
0: us to where we are today. Wow, helpful, man. So for people who might be, like, super interested in what you do and who might, you know, you might be sparking some ideas in their own mind Uh, of how they could create an organisation like yours, do you have any advice for people uh, around creating an organisation?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, like, social media is a big thing these days. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, I always think people ask me that question a lot. Yeah. Mental health back then, and there wasn't anything. I mean, there was amazing organisations like You Beyond Blue and Lifeline, and um, Rural Alive and Well doing great work. Um, But I think our organisation was able to break into that really important demographic of young people Mm -hmm. to not see mental health as taboo and you know uncool, and they're happy to put a sticker on their car or wear a hoodie. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, Tasmania in particular, kind of needed something like that Mm -hmm. to break down those barriers. So uh, it's a really one for one of a better word, lucky, that I came in at that stage. Yes. But it was a really uh, time where mental health and something to break down those barriers was needed. So yes. everything I did kind of was, oh, that's great. Everyone was positive because yeah. everyone saw that it was mm-hmm. a gap that was, that was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my advice, there's a lot of things uh, I can't even remember what I did yeah. except yeah. for make calls, you know, mix with all different types of people, absorb people's input, yeah. Um, have good people around you. You know, setting up the chari- setting it up as a charity. You know, right. I found friends and friends that were lawyers and accountants, and um, do everything as professional as you can, and be really transparent about the decisions that you're making with, yeah. with those around you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not the greatest advice because a lot of it's blurry to me because I um, of course. But um, you know, just work hard, and and, yeah. and you'll get there, mate. I certainly had people tell me that um, going out and talking about suicide was dangerous, and not the thing that you should be doing. Um, I had a lot of pushbacks and a lot of people say, but I knew in my heart that that's... If someone stood in front of me and told me a story of loss and grief and Mm. sadness because of suicide when I was 18, I would have carried it with me and I would have looked out and rubbed shoulders with people, in particular my little brother, and assured him it's okay to not be okay. So... Um, you're always going to have critics and people say that you can't do it and you won't do it um, mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. if you're, you're passionate about it and you truly believe there's a gap or you can do it um, continue to do it and,
0: wow. and people will get on board eventually I love it man I love it so it really sounds like you were just following your inspiration in every given moment like you had another idea you would act on it yep. and that's how you built this organisation yep. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, and uh,
1: you know there's an organisation called Live and, uh, Sam Webb their founder they lost a, a really good friend, um, you know, it was probably 12 months before I started to Stay Chatty and mm. um, certainly haven't copied the things they do, but I've been fortunate enough to meet Sam. He spoke at our ball a couple of years ago and, oh. um, you know, he's a crazy cat, he's out there, he's, you know, passionate and I saw his passion and even from his social media posts I just saw that he oozed passion and he was incredibly, you know, positive mm-hmm. and I think that... Um, I've carried those things from a, a guy like him, and people have been able to see that. That you yeah. know, I've carried those into our own organisation.
0: Really, mm. absolutely love it. Just help me understand here, because Speak Up So Chatty is a non for profit. Yeah. How do you make an income when you run a non for profit? Always get confused.
1: Yeah. So I was fortunate that when I started doing this, just off my own back, um, selling stickers through a bank account we'd opened. Um, I then got approached by Relationships Australia-TAS, so I mm-hmm. started to just go and do some public speaking and take some time from my glazing um, okay. to go and do public speaking. We yes. did a statewide event where we ran from Burnley to Hobart with a group of mates. Wow. But then, so I was that was all volunteer. Yeah, how many kilometres is that? Uh, 340 in wow. four and a bit days. So. Right. That was really what sparked us across Tassie. You know, yeah, so really, wow. A lot of people huge. heard about us when we did that. Yeah. But then Relationships Australia, Tass got involved and said, we like what you're doing. Um, would you actually like to come and work? And they paid me a wage. Okay. Um, and continue to do so. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, that was a... Again, a lot of people come and say, you know, you started up a, a not-for-profit. You know, how did you get to where you are now? Purely through a lot of hard work. Yeah. We had the backing of a, a really well-established organisation mm-hmm. like Relationships Australia, who have helped us write budgets, um, helped us to um, employ staff, um, oh, wow. um, gain funding. You know, Without yeah. their support, we certainly wouldn't be where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably two, be two or three years behind, um, mm-hmm. but that's nothing to do with the amount of uh, work that you know we've got out there and done and the awareness that we've raised. So, yeah, yeah Relationships Australia have sourced um, funding to, to pay me a wage. And the other team that uh, work with us, their wages come out of the funding that we've got for the school program from mm-hmm. the Department of Education. Okay. And uh, and the sporting wages, obviously, out of the sports program mm-hmm. funding that we self fund ourselves yeah.
0: at the moment. Brilliant. Yeah. So powerful, man.
1: I love it. Um, so last time we
0: spoke, you said you were working on a new book. Yeah. How's that coming along?
1: Uh, good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty close. Haven't launched anything yet, but yeah. um, yeah, stay tuned. And yeah, uh excellent. Some help from some good people. And yeah. Uh, you know, I like to think that that'll be... I get 45 minutes with people when I share my story. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this for me to be able to sit down and write about, you know, me really. And, yeah. you know, I had some other things and troubles and issues going on around the same time mm-hmm. um, I lost my brother. And so it, it's been good to sit and write those and mm-hmm. and just... Basically, I like to think people will pick it up, um, read it and then feel... You know, I like to say people leave a room from a presentation and feel 1% more empowered. I like yeah. to think you'll feel 10, 20, 30... Yes. percent more empowered after reading it and the, the impact and the detail I'm able to go into mm-hmm. um uh when reading the story so yeah stay tuned on that yeah mate absolutely uh, but uh absolutely. yeah pretty exciting there's a lot of exciting things happening and um that's certainly one of them
0: brilliant how exciting um so now we're going to move into something a little bit more light-hearted yep and we're just going to find out some cool facts about mitch okay so mitch what is your favorite hobby My favourite hobby, Uh, I love music,
1: Um, yeah I'm a big music fan, we've actually got a staff conference, Relationships Australia conference coming up and we're doing TED Talks and um, the theme is inspired and uh, I've been asked to do a TED Talk and I'm just going to talk about um, how music inspires me, I I, I can always remember stages of my life from a kid to teenager to certain things in sport to losing my brother to now songs and um yeah. and artists that um i've always you know listened to and I, mm. it sounds a bit weird but you know music is really uh, i love learning lyrics of songs and singing and to, it helps your mood and yeah, um, i really love music so i'll always put a, a song on and i've always teased my mates used to think that um i'd google the lyrics to songs because i'd learn them so quick <laughs> but i actually just pick them up pretty well and, listen. Uh, yeah listen yeah, wow. pick up the lyrics have a good sing-along uh, and I love walking these days too. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I've just, most days now, 3, 4, k walk just to, yeah, I used to play on my phone a lot when doing that. I've put mm-hmm. that away a little bit, um, mainly, you know, got a bit of a bad back. So getting out and walking, fresh air. Mm-hmm. So walking and music are, are two things that uh, I
0: really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Mm. Two powerful practices. Yeah. Um, so what has been the biggest perceived failure you've experienced in life that actually turned out to be an absolute blessing? Oh, perceived failure that turned out to be
1: a blessing. Let me think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a think about that. No worries. Um, oh, one, I think I I lived in Melbourne for yeah. um, a year. So when I was about 20, mm-hmm. I moved to Melbourne um, with a partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that didn't last long, the relationship. And then uh, so shortly after that, I had, all my best mates were in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I obviously was going through, you know, struggling a little bit, Contempl- you know, I'd only been there eight months. Do I come home? Do I stay? Um, stay to keep all my friends or come home to family and go back to my glazing and stuff like that. And I mm-hmm. came home. Yep. Um, and for the next year after that, I probably thought, oh, you know, I should have stayed. I could have been playing footy with my mates and, um, you know, spending all that time with them and enjoying life in Melbourne, going to the footy. And you know, mm-hmm. I'd see them doing that. And yep. for me at the time, that seemed like, I failed there, you know, I, I wussed out a little bit, I should have just stuck it out, I had a good job and, and stayed there, but um, then I met my mo- my wife now, and, wow. um, you know, her family are a, um, a really big thing for me, you know, I, mm-hmm. we're around there three, four nights a week, she's got younger brothers who I spend a lot of time with and certainly love a lot, mm-hmm. um, so if I'd stayed in Melbourne, yeah, I probably, well, I wouldn't have met her and I wouldn't have uh, the life I have today with them. So there you go. There you go. I you thought go. It, I thought about that and in I answered it. So yeah, <laughs> it was definitely good, at the time I thought, oh, look, I should have stayed in Melbourne. I yeah. would have had more opportunity, more there time, more memories with my friends. But coming back allowed me to, you know, find her and uh, wow. and find a really good life.
0: That's amazing. I yeah. love it. I love it. Um, so who is your favorite superhero, and why? Favorite superhero? Uh,
1: I like superheroes. Spider Man and. Um, Superman and all that. I've—I was only talking about it yesterday. That I've never really got into a, a lot of that okay. stuff yep. growing up. Yep. Um, I think I'll go back to when I think of a hero or someone I admire. I suppose mm-hmm. will that fall yep. under yeah, that absolutely. same category? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go back to music, and mm. we'll probably cop a bit of uh, bit of slack about it. But um, Justin Timberlake—not okay. only for his music and his dancing and stuff, but um, I really admire the way he carries himself in the media, you know, I I like other people such as, you know, Chris Brown and Michael Jackson and things like that, but um, you'll only hear positive stuff about Justin Timberlake, Mm. you know, good family man, um, carries himself well, charitable, um, will always have time for people, and I really admire that in him, so Mm. um, to call him one of my superheroes is probably a bit lame, but (laughs) uh, in terms of people I I look up to and uh, admire Mm. um, yeah, yeah,
0: he'd be one of them. I yeah. oh, mate, absolutely. Well, most days my kids are dancing through this lounge yeah. room to Justin Timberlake. There you so go, yeah, yeah. No judgement. Yeah, and it's <laughs> not like he's a, as I said, Chris Brown, I like his
1: music yeah, yeah. and stuff, but yeah. in terms of role model and uh, life choices, he, he's made that's probably right. not as such. I, yeah. I like sad people, I like the, his music, not the artist, but uh, yeah, yeah, JT's one that I'm uh, a yeah. big fan of yeah, on no, a lot of,
0: no, a lot I of can, reasons. I can relate to that, that's yeah. excellent. Excellent. Uh, what is a powerful daily habit you have developed that you would encourage other people to start practising? You already mentioned a few. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, honestly, go going for a walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. We grow up and we're young and we hear people say, you know, take time for yourself, go for a walk. Um, the first three or four years of me running this charity was absolutely bloody hectic. Mm-hmm. I went ball at a gate, did as many talks as I could, and, and finally I've realised that... Um, you will burn out because I got close. You know, I had a lot of times where I just like, look, I need some time off to um, freshen up and reju- rejuvenate yeah. and um, find my feet again. But yeah. um, since, you know, this year mainly I started just, you know, just finish the day or I'm not a really good morning person to go for a okay. walk. But in the afternoon, finish work, put the runners on, go mm-hmm. for a walk. Um, honestly, it has brought a lot of benefits. You know, feel better. The physical side of it is great. But, yeah... If you do take the phone, make a couple of calls, connect yes, with people, yes. um, four or five k, forty-five minutes, however long it takes you, yeah, I would definitely recommend people to you know get the work gear off, go for a wander. I love uh, that. Clear the head.
0: Yeah, mate. Exercise is a game changer. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you've you've obviously done so much in your life, you know, with this incredible organisation, but out of everything, what are you most proud of in your life so far? Um, what
1: am I most proud of? I think the, um, yeah, the awards, have, the awards have been good to, mm-hmm. I mean, winning personal accolades are good. I think what they have done is give our organisation um, credibility as well, you know, like winning those. And there's certainly something i look back on later to think, you know, what we achieved um, was pretty amazing to, you know, receive those awards and people took note and stood up and thought, you know, this is a real deal organisation mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's making a difference. Um, and I'm certainly proud of that. I think probably above that, though, the, the proudest thing would be, you know, that call from the CEO of RA Taz years ago to, to say, mate, do you want to come in and have a meeting? We've been following you guys on social media and seeing the way you're carrying yourself and what the work you're doing. Wow. And, you know, we had four or five meetings over, you know, five or six weeks mm-hmm. sitting in the office talking about it. But, you know, I was, just, as I said, a, a glazier who didn't like my job much, who had no direction or purpose in life. But drove something to take to encourage someone of their credibility to take note and want mm-hmm. to work with us, and mm-hmm. that was, um, yeah, that's something I'll always be really proud of. And you know, as I said, they've helped us get to where we are today. But it was the the runs on the board that I got for Absolutely. them to, you know, yeah, this trading guy rolling in with silicon covered shorts sitting yeah. in their office in Clare Street, and they still took a punt on me, and that's something. Oh,
0: wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I'll forever be really proud of that. Wow. Goes yeah. to show you, education yes, and the the level of, you know, inspiration you had for the work you were doing. Yeah. they saw through that, that outer. Yeah. And they saw what, you know, was really driving you. Correct. So powerful. I love that, man. I love that. What are you most excited about for the immediate future? Uh,
1: I'm excited to travel a lot more. I um, I mean, I I know that Tassie has um, a lot of work to go in terms of mental health and suicide prevention, Mm -hmm. but as I said, we've got a team now and it's not um, Mitch-reliant as much anymore. You know, the people that work with us are... Um, amazing Uh, honestly amazing we're a great team they're really passionate spreading the word so I'm really excited I've got a few presentations for the rest of the year interstate Um, I hope that my 2019 picks up in terms of my speaking Um, and I'm I'm really excited to travel a lot more and um, yeah spread the word outside of Tassie and I like to think that that will bring us other um, opportunities I've always said and it says says on the website I I like to think that we'll be a national organisation one day and I think that for me, jumping to workplaces and schools outside of Tassie will eventually find, you know, whether it's another relationship to Australia or someone else that wants to help us Mm -hmm. interstate, you know, we've only got to put on one project officer to work in a community for a while and it will grow and expand and
0: uh, that's what... Uh, Before we move to the kind of final questions, I actually want to thank you, Mitch, for the work you do because, like I said, I've seen people at, you know, those extremes of their life where they've lost the will to live Mm. and they've lost... Uh, you know, any purpose, sense of purpose in life. And I see the work you do as truly honourable and noble. So, you know, to that, preserve yeah. life, I think it's just the greatest gift you can give people, man. So, but yeah. well done. No, thank it. you. Absolutely appreciate
1: that. Yeah, it's uh, certainly something I never, ever imagined I'd be doing. Um, again, say that at the start of every talk. I've, yeah. you know, dress a little better now than the little tradies, of stubbies course. and uh, blunnies <laughs> and a ripped T-shirt. Yes. Dress a bit different now, travel, yeah. but I um, I love working and I'm, I'm only on a journey and the mm-hmm. journey will only continue to grow and head north if people yeah. jump on that with us. And, and they are and um, I like to think they they will continue to do yeah. that because if they do, we ultimately will save lives and, yeah. and, and make people less people experience the, the grief and the sadness that too many of us
0: have already. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so on that note, how can people best support your organisation moving forward? Yeah, so uh, through the website... Um, <laughs> That's a change that we've made and something we've learned
1: this year. You know, our website was, you know, you jump on there and it was book a presentation, buy a hoodie, all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we had a bit of a wake-up call and we realized that we're out there spreading awareness. People are going to see our logo as a reminder to get help. They're going to jump on our website. We didn't want them to be bombarded with, you know, buy a hoodie or come and have a talk. So we've made our website really resourceful in terms of where to get help and yes. how you can find some support. Mm-hmm. Um so by helping by jumping on our website and utilising that helps us because yep. that's less people that are, are going to go through a difficult time. But mm-hmm. um, I think you know booking our school program, our sport program, me for a presentation helps. Yes. Um, you know we receive donations from a lot of those places we go to, but it's not a necessity. Yep. You know we've reached a stage now where, um, as I said, the programs are becoming funded. Um, we still need money as an organisation to for me to be able to travel and do that work. Yes. But the greatest thing you can do is. Um, talk about us you know get us out to your workplace have us spread the message put a sticker in your car mm. um, tell someone about us um, share positive moments but um, yeah there's, there's a lot of things you can do to support Chatty but I've always said you know it doesn't have to be us get a Beyond Blue speaker in mm-hmm. I know a lot of great people down here who are training up to be Beyond Blue speakers okay. and, uh, and Lifeline so anything mental health benefits us mm-hmm. because at the end of the day we're
0: all on this journey together I love it man yeah I love it and so for our final question, uh, I'd like you to like, share with us, say at the end of your life, very end of your life, uh, three things you would have had to have achieved to look back on your life and say, I lived a full and epic life and I made a positive difference. What would be three things you would have had to have done? Yeah, okay. Interesting. To know that.
1: This is one thing I'm not good at. Uh, a okay. lot of people, I... When we have our ball every year, I get up and say a few words and it's, um, I've started doing a blog and the other day I wrote, it was the ball time in August is the only time I stop and reflect. Yeah. Um, I rarely think too far ahead Mm -hmm. and I rarely think about things that have been done in the past. Yeah. Um, I want to be a father. Um, I got married, so I think that Mm -hmm. that will be an achievement outside of um, the organisation. Amazing. uh, I went to the wrestling on the weekend with uh, my father-in-law and my little Mm brother-in-laws to watch the WWE in Melbourne, and I texted my wife on the way out. I saw so many dads walking out, holding hands with their little son, leaving the wrestling. um, I've always wanted to be a dad, but um, you obviously know how good that feeling is. Um, And that would be a a big achievement for me, to be able to do that and to... To be a good dad and, and raise, um, you know, positive, healthy, well mannered yeah. children. Well manners is a, um, good manners is a big thing. Oh, yeah, for me. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I don't think I'll work in Stay Chatty forever. Yep. I um I you know I've done five or six hundred presentations now. Wow. And whilst I love doing it and I still feel the emotion and feel connected to it, I don't want to do that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like to think that the legacy will be that I started something that is a national organisation that. Continues to grow, so I like yep. to think I look back and I'm sitting on the board of it, and mm-hmm. um, and people are out there still spreading the message that um, that it's okay, and that will um, give me a real sense of achievement. <laughs> yeah. Like um, so the ongoing success of the um, the charity um, yeah. is one. Yeah. Having children is another, and I think the third thing, um, as many people as I meet, I like to think that they will slightly be inspired by that. I like to look yes. back and. Um, and think that the people I bumped into, or people I connect, or shook hands with, or met, will um, I'll always be remembered as someone that um, got out there and, and made a difference. And you know, even when I'm long gone in 100 years' time, uh, you know, I'm a I'm just a young guy in Tassie out there spreading the message. Yeah. But if I can look back and people can see Mitch McPherson as someone who, through tragedy, made a positive, and that makes them get off their bum and make a difference, then. Uh, I'll certainly get fulfillment out of that and, and feel pretty good about myself. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty more things that I want to achieve and, uh, and, right. in life, but I think those three are, um, uh, will be, make me feel pretty good about myself. Powerful, yeah. powerful yeah. ambitions. Thank well, you. Like Mitch McPherson. Thanks Thank you, mate. so much. Great to be here. Thanks a lot. Cheers.
0: There you have it, my friends. I hope you got incredible value from today's interview. Be sure to follow the work that our incredible guest today is doing. Okay, get amongst it, guys. They are up to big things. Before we wrap up, guys, I want to take a minute to acknowledge you. Sincerely, I want you to feel this. I I acknowledge you for being someone who values their life enough to invest the time to listen to this audio. I want you to get the most value out of this. So again, be sure to to apply what you learn. Be sure to share what you learned with other people. Share this interview out with the people you care about. You know, a few years back, I... I used to immerse myself in listening to podcasts. I used to listen to three, four podcasts a day as I was working a job that wasn't necessarily that inspiring to me, but I did it. And it's a dream come true for me to be here interviewing people nowadays. And you, having you here supports me in my dreams. So that's why I'm really so grateful for you being here. Uh, and I want to I support you even further. I want to give you the opportunity again. Head over to IamNashMackie.com I want you to be part of our our next guest interviews coming up. I want you to be part of our community. So head over to imnashmackie.com, subscribe. Also claim your free one-on-one strategy session. I'm really so excited to connect with you and help you build a powerful identity. Guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I look forward to bringing you another incredible guest interview. Thank you for joining me for the Thoughts on Purpose podcast.